take up his cross daily and follow me. And then verse 24, for whoever will save his life will lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. And it's interesting if you do a little bit of a word study on this word life that's here, it's not the word that's used typically about your spiritual life. Uh, it's not the word that's used sozo that's talked about in the New Testament about eternal life, but it actually is the Greek word suke, which is for soul. And this is really interesting because what Jesus is saying here is this, look, if any man tries to save his soul, he'll lose his soul. What that means is, is that you can't, the soul is that part of our lives that we renew. It's the mind, it's the will, the emotions. Remember, man is tripartite. So according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, where it tells us that, that we be sanctified holy, spirit, soul, and body, there is a spiritual element that is eternal in our lives that came from God. There is a soul element, which is our personality. It's our characteristics. It's our mind. It's our will. It's our emotional life that we live. And so what Jesus is saying here is, is that, look, if you desire to save that part of it, if you're going to hold on to that soul element of your life, those emotions, those things that are contrary to what I'm teaching and what I've said, he said, you're going to lose it because in the end, that won't get you where you want to go. Okay? That won't get you where you want to go. So when Jesus is teaching here and he's talking to them, he says, look, if any man will... If any man desires to come after me, and then he jumps right into this thing and he says, let him deny himself. Let them deny themselves. And I started doing a little bit of thinking about this verse in my meditation time with it. And just why would anybody want to deny themselves? Why would anybody want to give up? And then I started thinking about how that really in life, you're not going to get anywhere unless you deny yourself. Okay, so let's talk about it for a minute. So let's say you want to lose weight, all right? So if you say, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds, can you do that without denying yourself? Oh, you're going to have to give up stuff, right? Let's say you want to start a business. You want to have a business, a successful business. Are you going to have to make sacrifices to have a successful business? So if you, any man desire, so your desire is always going to position you in a place of denial. Things You can't say yes to everything. Right? You want to get married? Well, if you don't want to deny... Look, if there's things you don't want to give up, don't get married, all right? Right? You know, my mom, I mean, you know, my mother, they, she was divorced young, and, and uh, you know, she... And for years, I mean, she dated, and we kept thinking we might get a stepdad out. My dad had remarried, and we had a stepmom, but we kept thinking we are going to get a stepdad out of this. And then one day I asked my mom, I said, why aren't you married? She says, because I like the life I have. I can date and go out on dates and have companionship, but I don't need to be, because if I get married, then I've got to do what, I've got to take care of somebody else. I've got to meet those needs of that person. I can't just think about myself anymore. And so, and I said, okay, well, that's fine. And so she never did remarry until she passed away. She dated a lot and had a lot of friends, but uh, nothing more than that. So see, my point is, is that anything you want to be successful at, anything you want to attain, you have to deny yourself. 
How about get out of debt? Oh, yeah. You want to get out of debt? You got to deny yourself. You know, that was really, that, when we did Dave Ramsey's program, that was one of the things that really hit us hard was we, we cut up all our credit cards. We cut them all up. We just said, okay, we're not going to have any more credit cards. We're going to pay all these off because I think we, at the time, we probably had four, four or five credit cards. And, you know, we did the thing that everybody does. You get that offer like, move all your balances over here, you know, and if you move, I don't know if they do that anymore, but move them all over here at a very low interest rate. And I'm not trying to talk against our bankers that are here. So don't, uh, don't, don't, don't read into what I'm saying, but amen. But let me just tell you, that is not a good idea. What you want to do is get rid and get to zero balance. Now, can you do that without denying yourself? Well, you can't do that. There's no way that you can make that happen. You can't, you're, going to have to, you're going to have to make decisions in your life of things you're not going to do. But listen, not because you can't do them, but because you desire something better than what you have. And that's really what Jesus is trying to say here is he's saying, look, guys, you know, if you desire to follow me. If you want to follow me, here's what you're going to have to do. You got to deny yourself because the road that I'm going to lead you on is one that there will be sacrifice involved with it. But the benefit of following me will outweigh and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the benefits of following me will outweigh the sacrifice that you made, for example, Sharon and I, in making all the sacrifices we did to remove debt in our lives, we look back and go, man, it was worth it. It was worth it to live by cash. It was worth it to stop building debt. Hallelujah. Was it tough at the time? Yes. But it was worth it. Getting in shape, you know, the sacrifices. You want to get in physical condition. You, you can't, that doesn't just happen because you take a pill. It doesn't just happen because you want it. If, if, if lots of people want this, you know, want to be in shape. Lots of people want to lose weight. Lots of people want to be out of debt. But only those who are willing to make sacrifices ever get there. Ever get there. It's interesting that Weiss talks about this word in his uh, word studies in the Greek New Testament. He says that this word deny means to forget oneself, to lose sight of oneself and one's interests, to lose sight of one's own interests because of something you desire more. OK, so your mindset is on something else. This word, which probably won't mean a lot to you uh, here today, but it's in the ingressive aorist, which means that it's it's it, it's talking about entering into a new state or condition. So what it means is, is that let this person at once begin to lose sight of themselves and their own interests. So when Jesus says, if any man desires to follow after me, let him deny himself. He's saying, look, you're going to have to give up. You're going to have to give this up. You have to enter into a different state of mind. I think at times what happens for all of us is, is that because we all like easy. Everybody say easy. Oh, we all like easy. You know, when I went to college, I wish college would have been easy, but it wasn't easy. You know, I paid for something I complained about the whole time I was there, except playing basketball. But I mean, the, the education part of it. Now, there were sacrifices. There were nights of staying away. You know, you want to have children? You're going to make sacrifices if you have kids? 
I mean, I run into people that like say, pray for us that we'll have children. And I just want to tell them, okay, you do know this means like your whole life is going to be disrupted from now on, right? No, we really want kids. Oh, okay. But I don't tell them that because I don't know, I don't want to be a a downer, you know, (laughs) right? But see, the, the thing is, is there are sacrifices involved in all of these things that you have to deny yourself. You have, to, you have to lose sight of yourself to get to where you want to get to, to lose sight of your own interests so that you can get to the interests of someone else. So Jesus says, hey guys, if you want, any man desires to follow me, let him deny himself. Now, here was my thought with this is, why would anyone want to follow Jesus? I mean, what was the benefit of that? I mean, these guys are being told, walk away from it all and follow me, give up. You know, you, you, you do that and you'll, you'll, you'll experience all of who I am. What would be the thing in their life? What would, they, what would the need be that would drive them that direction? Well, the first thing I could, that came to me was the eternal life. You know, eternal life. And, and, you know, we all understand that. I believe all of us here are Christians. That there is a, a life eternal that we can have with Christ in heaven. That we secure a place in heaven for us. That no matter what happens in this life, we know when our life is over, we're going to go be with the Lord. Or he's going to return and take us home with him. So that eternal life. We also know, as we understand the scriptures, that there is an eternal life that we can experience now. So when we look at this word life, sozo, the word that's used for life in the scriptures, you know, where Jesus said that, you know, that you will have eternal life, it means to have the life, the, the God kind of life. Sozo in the Greek means to have the God kind of life. So God's intent is is that not just that we have eternal life when we get to heaven, but that we begin to experience eternal life right now. Right now. And that's all the benefits and blessings of deliverance. That's all the benefits and blessings of healing. That's all the benefits and blessings of peace in our lives. That's all the benefits and blessings of love in our lives. That's all those benefits that come through eternal life. I think another thing that we would seek after that these guys would have sought after was forgiveness. You know, forgiveness was a big part of their covenant relationship as Jews. They made sacrifices at the temple, made sacrifices, blood sacrifices of animals so that they could be forgiven of their sins. So there is this big, there's this big dimension of our lives that you know, that, that experiencing that forgiveness. We all have stuff that we've had in our lives, been a part of in our lives, uh, you know, things that we have done, that there's a part of us that's like, I need forgiveness in that area of my life. I need to, I need to get past that. I need to get past that area. Another is redemption, re- being redeemed, experiencing the redemptive power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So all of these are great, and they're all ones we're familiar with, but I think what really, what really these guys were after, and I think this is where we as believers, this is what we really have to desire. This is where our desire should really be at, and that is to be, have a restored relationship with our Creator. A restored relationship with our Creator. I think that's really what drew. They knew that this, they knew this guy... In the beginning, they didn't know that he was God, Jesus was God, but they did know that he definitely had God-like attributes. 
you know, that his teaching was with power. His, you know, was just incredible wisdom that he had an anointing on his life to heal the sick and cleanse lepers and blind eyes opened and supernatural provision. I mean, so they knew that there was something going on there. Eventually, by, you know, around Matthew 16, they've, Peter's come to the revelation by the Spirit that this is the Son of God. Right? So what, these, what I think they were after, and I think this is what, we, what our desire is, is, is that we walk in the restored relationship with our Creator. See, God, when he made us, when God created us, he created us in his image, right? That's what the scripture says in Genesis chapter 1. He, God made man, he made him in his image, you know, after his likeness. But he didn't make him God, he made him after his image. Image there means shadow. He made him after his likeness. It was, he's an offshoot, but he's not, he isn't God. Mankind was not God. He was not God. So inside of man... There is this need that man has for God because he is not complete without God. That's how God made us. And God actually, you know, when he made us and he told us that he'd be there and he'd be with, he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. He spent time. He was in relationship with Adam. They had this incredible experience together. But then the serpent shows up and what does he tell man that he should do? He should eat from this tree so he can be God and not need God anymore. Yeah. Right? So he says, look, God knows if you eat from that tree that you will be like him. You'll be God. Now you can be your own. You don't need God anymore. And so man thought this would fill, if you will, the God-sized hole in his life that only God could fill. Man thought that having his own knowledge of good and evil or his own making his own decisions about things would fill that hole in his life. And it didn't. In fact, it ruined everything that he had because only God can fill that hole in our lives. And I'm not talking about just coming to church kind of God. I'm talking about God being a part, being intricately involved in everything that we are about. That that's really what these guys wanted. That's what when Jesus said, if any man desires to follow after me, he wasn't saying, well, come on, tag along, and we'll see what happens. He was saying, look, you want everything I am? You want to experience all that I have? You want to enter into the fullness of my presence? Then you have to get, you have to make a decision in your life. And that decision is, if you want to follow me, you can't follow you can't keep chasing the tree of knowledge of good and evil in life. All right, so when Adam and Eve ate from that tree, what happened? What happened to the earth? It was corrupted, right? So the world became corrupted. Everything was skewed now. Everything is off. Everything. Man is off. He's he, he's not going to make the right decisions now. He's going to make the wrong. He's going to go the wrong direction. He's separated from God. He's not in a close relationship with God. God's still trying to help man, but man has made a choice in his life to be on his own, and so man is going to do what's right in his own sight, and that's the world we live in. In fact, it says at the end of the book of Judges that every man did what was right in their own sight. Everybody. That's how they lived their life. 
I don't like you, I kill you because that seems right to me because you offended me. So I do what's right in my own, there's no rules anymore. That's where our world's trying to get to. Do you see it in our system? That's where we're trying, that's what this world system will try to eventually get to, that everybody can do what's right in their own sight and you'll be ridiculed if you don't believe that. And they already are ridiculing you if you don't believe that, right? So look, everybody, you know, you don't, you're anatomically a man, but you want to be a woman? We got to call you a woman. Well, not according to the scriptures, yeah. right? So what happens is man starts doing what's right in his own sight. So we have this whole corrupt system that the bottom line of that corrupt system is the sin that has entered into the world. Now, the earth didn't ask for that. The world did not ask for that. Man asked for it. Man has corrupted this earth. It's because of mankind. The earth didn't do anything wrong. And the earth is really paying for it because of it. In fact, the Bible tells you in the book of Romans chapter 8 that all creation groans for the redemption for mankind to come to his full completion and be the children of God that they're supposed to be because then the earth can function. See, in your little kingdom that you live in, the kingdom of God, your world, your home, your church, your workplace, let me tell you something. You're operating on a biblical principles and the earth rejoices because it knows that was how this world was designed to be. That's how it was designed to be. So here's what, here's what, here's what Christ is saying. He said, look, if you, just, if you want to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself. If you want that restored relationship, bottom line, you can't want the world and want me at the same time. You can't want that because what will happen is the world will take you further from me and see, this is where we get into problems. It's called asceticism, but it's just basically living a life of denial. If we're just giving up stuff because we think it's making us more spiritual, that's wrong because that isn't even what Jesus was talking about. What Jesus taught was is that if you want me, see, look how it changes. So he didn't say, if you deny yourself, you can follow me. Did he? No, he didn't say, if you deny yourself, then you can fo follow me. He said, if anyone desires to follow me, then you deny. I'm offering you something, bottom line, I'm offering you something better than you've got. These disciples saw that and they said, yeah, man, we, we want what you've got. We are a marred reflection and an incomplete image without God's presence through his word. You and I are. We, we, we can't see ourselves clearly. Listen to this out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So what is he saying? He's saying, look, you're not complete, but if you stick with me, I'll get you complete. If you come into my system, I'll, look, you come into my system, you give yourself to me, I'll change you, transform you from glory to glory. I'll show you who you are, I'll show you what you have, and I'll show you what you can do. 
I'll show you all, all, that all things are possible to the one that can believe. I'll show you that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. I'll show you that, 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 I, that I was made sin so that you could be made righteous. And now today you are in right standing with God the Father. I'll show you that if you do blow it, you confess your sins and that I'm faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to earn forgiveness from me. You just have to ask for it. See, the, the word of God is that mirror that shows us this God-sized hole in our life. And it says, look, here's what you need. This is what, you know, when I became a, a, a follower of Christ and really committed my life to the Lord, there were so many things I felt... I felt almost ashamed at how many things I did not know were actually available for God's people to, to walk in. I, I never heard of the authority of the believer. I never heard that you, that you could actually cast out devils. I, I was told there weren't any devils anymore. I didn't know that you could be baptized in the Holy Spirit and have power and speak in tongues. I didn't know any of that. I, in fact, here's what I was told about the Bible. It's too hard to understand. So let us tell you what it says. Because we're educated. And that's the biggest bunch of, in, in President Biden's words, malarkey. that God's people have been told because there is no truth to that at all. In fact, the word of God is given. This is what Martin Luther fought so hard for. You know, a lot of people think about that he was, you know, when he did the 95 thesis and what he was trying to stand up for and talk a lot about how that we're saved by faith and, and through, you know, by grace and through faith in Christ. But the big thing Luther fought for was to have the scriptures in a readable form for all people. He, made the, he wrote the first German Bible. Before that, it was like in Latin or Greek, and nobody knew how to read Latin or Greek except those who were highly, had higher education. Because why? Because why do you need to see what's in this book? Because when you do, you see the God-sized holes in your life and go, now the picture's complete. God will fill that in my life. I don't have power, but God becomes the power through the Holy Spirit. I don't I don't, I'm sick and I'm ill. I have, I have disease. But Jesus Christ is the healer of my body because he, because he bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. And on and on it goes with all the various aspects of what God makes provision for us. Jesus really dealt with this, <coughs> excuse me, in, in John 17, verse... Um, verse 3, when he said that this is life eternal. You want to know what real life is, guys? Real life eternal is to know the Father and His only Son, Jesus Christ. So what we get sold in the church is a bill of goods that eternal life is that we get to go to heaven. And what Jesus says, no, you get to experience heaven while you're still on earth. So how do we do that? How do we deny? How do we get ourselves in that place? where we are able to deny ourselves. Here's what has to happen. Uh, this is out of Ephesians chapter 4. And it tells us there that we are, in the New Living Translation, we are to throw off our old sinful nature, or as the scripture calls it, the old man, 
and uh, the old sinful nature and our former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception because of the world influence. And he says, and instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And I love that created to be like God. So what we're talking about here is that whole idea of being restored in a divine relationship with your creator, that he fills the gaps of your life that you can't fill. Now look, that God-sized hole in our lives, we will do everything. Humanity has done everything to try to fill that God-sized hole. You, try to, you can try to fill it with drugs. You can try to fill it with sex. You can try to fill it with money. You can try to fill it with uh, alcohol. You can try to fill it with every kind of addiction. And it never, ever, because all those things, the price that they toll, take, the toll that they take, eventually kills you because that's the rule that follows under the things of this world. There is a spirit of life and there is a spirit of death. The things of this world will only lead us into a place of death. But the things of the Spirit will lead us into the life that God has for us. And so when we fill our lives with all this other stuff, and there's a lot of things, I don't have time to get into all of this, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that has tried to come down the pike to even replace the things that God has said, like positive thinking, you know, feel good about yourself, you know, I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. But only God can really fill that hole and bring life. Only God can. We deny our old self so that our new self can say, I choose Jesus over everything else. The reward of following Christ is greater than anything the world offers. Okay? The reward of following Jesus Christ is greater than anything, anything that the world. That's why Jesus said, if you want to save your life, you want to save your soul, then you're going to have to lose your soul. You're going to have to deny yourself, not to just so you live a life of asceticism and denial and give up stuff, but so that you are looking to something better to replace what you've already got. That's so awesome. Thank you, Pastor. That's excellent. You know, in the scriptures, we, you know, because we're getting into that season of Lent, we're getting close to where, um, you know, the, we go through Holy Week and in Holy Week, one of the things they talk about is the where Judas, right, where Judas came and took the pieces of silver and, and, and betrayed Christ, okay? And it's interesting about Judas because, you know, I believe Judas really did desire to follow the Lord. But along the pathway of following the Lord, he started wanting some of his own personal stuff to happen. And so as following the Lord, he, he just kind of starts veering off in a different direction, even in the rest of the disciples. And it's influencing everything that he's a part of. I mean, he's over the money, so it says that he's stealing money. And so see, what's he done? He's begun to write his own rules. He's not following Christ. He's not denying himself. He's obliging himself. And so as he's following Christ in his, his walk with the Lord, what's happening is is even up to the end, he's at the Last Supper. Now, he doesn't eat the Last Supper. He does eat the meal, but you'll see in the Scripture, if you study it, that what happens is before they even get to the, the, you know, the, the bread where he says, take this in remembrance and the, the cup, that he's out of the, he has left the room. He's gone on to already to betray the Lord. He's gone to, to get the, um, 
the, the, the people in the temple to help get to come after Jesus. So here's, here's Judas. He's with Christ, but he's not with Christ. And Chris Valentin made a really cool statement with this. He said that what Judas really wanted, he wanted the benefits of intimacy and relationship without covenant and responsibility. And I just think that's so powerful, that, that, that whole idea, because not just because of that, but because what about us? What do we want in our lives? The benefits without the cost. And look, don't, we can't sit here today and go, well, that's not me. I'm not, no, no. I. And if we're paying the price, we're usually bellyaching about it while we do. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrows. Life is hard. Life is tough. Life is, sure it is. It, it all is. But are there better benefits in God's kingdom for us? See, Judas, and Volatin, Chris Volatin calls it the Judas spirit, says it's alive in the church today because we want intimacy. We want Jesus to be close to us, but we don't want to do what Jesus says to do. You know, Jesus, this is really awesome. Jesus even said it to his disciples one time. He said, do you love me? He said, okay. If you love me, then obey me. If you love me, then do my commandments. Well, but can't I just love you and have all the benefits and not do what you said? Right? All right, so, you know, I'm married to Sharon. We're... We're, we've been married almost 40 years, coming up here in August, and, you know, and I say, honey, I love you. I love you. But then I cheat on her. But, honey, that doesn't change that I love you. Honey, they, they don't mean as much to me as you do, but that's just what I need in my life. So you have to understand. But don't ever think that for one minute that I don't love you. Well, that's the same kind of crap we try to tell the Lord. Well, Lord, I love you, but I'm not going to do what you said to do because I just don't feel like doing it right now. Because this is what I want to do. Now, I know that's heavy. And I would only use that word in the first service. The second group couldn't handle it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But here, here's the thing. But you know what I'm talking about. So here's, here's, the, here's the really cool thing for you and I. Our God doesn't ask us to do anything that he didn't do himself. So he paved the way. I mean, look at Jesus. Okay, so, you know, Jesus' life was a life of denial of what he wanted to gain something greater. So what did he do? He, he goes into the wilderness for 40 you know, for 40 days, he's tempted of the devil. Well, it, you, you know, you go, well, well, why would he do that? That's suffering and hard. I'll tell you why he did it. He was led by the Spirit. And so when he went into the wilderness, if you read it in the book of Luke, he was guided by the Spirit. But when he came out of the wilderness, he had the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So there's a great big difference between being led by the Spirit and having the power of the Holy Spirit. So he came out in the power of the Spirit. How about the Garden of Gethsemane? I mean, he's dying. He tells his disciples, guys, I'm dying here. I'm hurting. I'm suffering. I'm, this is tough. I, 
I feel the great weight of pressure on my life right now. So what does he do? He prays and he says, Lord, if you could take this away, do it. But it, in the end, Lord, I'll do exactly what you want me to do. That's where he's saying, look, if anyone desires to, do, to have this greater thing, then you're going to have to deny the lesser thing. How about the cross? The agony and the suffering that he went through in his passion. Well, why did he do that? Because the greater thing, there were two things that were at work in, the, in, his, in his thinking. One was to perfectly please the Father, to do what needed to be done. Two was to gain you and bring you into the kingdom of God, to make it accessible, the relationship, to fill the God-sized hole in all our lives. So Christ does not ask us to do anything that he himself has not done for us, that he has not done for us. Would he do it again? Absolutely. Would he do it again? Oh, you know he would, because that's his nature. And because this is such a extremely, look, I, this is a lesson that we need to learn. This is a lesson that we need to teach. We need to teach our children this. We need to teach our, we need, to, we need this to be taught, that you can't have this without giving up this. And when I do some leadership courses once in a while, people, I'll say, okay, what are your goals for this year? They say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Okay, what are you giving up so you can do that? See, because the, the, the wrong idea is, no, I'm going to do all that and do all this. You are not, because you can't do it all. You're either going to do that or you're going to do this. But you're going to have to choose which one you're going to deny. Now, here's what I don't want to have happen. I don't want to deny my Lord. I don't want to deny the benefits of his kingdom. I don't want to allow a world system you, I don't have time to get into this, but if you look at Peter's whole dilemma by the fire, what he was going through, that was a world system pressuring him to deny, to deny the Lord. He, did, it didn't just, he didn't just go, no, I'm going to deny. He fully intended to follow the Lord to the end, but the pressure of the world system that was around him was pushing him to deny, to walk away from it, to not stay with it. And it got bad, and he was very upset in the end by all of it. I, I mean, thank God he didn't take his own life like Judas did when he realized what he had done. But here's the thing. We in our lives, because we can look at this in the Scripture, know that God, there's a God-sized hole in all our lives that there isn't a single thing in this world can fill. Marriage can't fill it. People can't fill it. Family can't fill it. Money can't Addictions can't fill it. The only thing that can fill it is Jesus Christ and in a relationship with him, and an intimacy with him that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ in our lives. Can you say amen? amen. I want you to stand with me. The Lord, I just want you to bow your head with me just for a moment. The Lord is calling to you. He's calling to you. It's the same option he gave Adam and Eve, and he told them in the garden, don't eat from that tree. Let me be the source of that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what's good, what's right, what's wrong. You don't need that tree. We don't need the world to tell us what's right or what's wrong. 
We don't need the media to tell us what's right or what's wrong. We don't need people groups to tell us what's right or what's wrong. We have a God that tells us what's right and what's wrong. God fills that hole in our lives. We can't have both. We can't chase one thing and chase the other thing or eventually we just end up chasing our own tail. So my call to you today is a deeper commitment to follow. Do you really desire to follow Christ? That's what I want you to think about just for a moment. Is that really what you desire? Is that really what you want is to follow Christ, to truly have that intimate relationship with, the, with that God-sized hole in our, all our lives to be filled completely with that presence of Christ? Now, if that's what you desire then I want you just in your, own, in your own prayer to the Lord right now to just make yourself, that you, tell yourself, I'm going to give up whatever it takes to have that. I'm going to deny myself. Now, Father, you hear the hearts of your people. You hear their prayer. And I thank you, Father God, that, Lord, that as you hear their prayer, Lord, that you, Lord, energize them in faith and in love to draw them even further into the things of your kingdom. And I thank you for that, Lord God. I thank you that this year, 2021, will be a year, Lord God, where we are seeing our desire to follow you increase and abound exponentially, Lord God. And I give you praise and I give you glory for it, Lord, as you hear our prayer here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to end the service today uh, doing this. Um, I want uh, Chuck and Carrie to come up here real quick, if you would. And uh, so today is Chuck and Carrie's 40th anniversary. And uh, yeah, amen. And uh, they're going to go, they're going to go away for a week and have some time to themselves and lay on a beach somewhere. And I just, you know, I feel like um, you know, they're ministers here in this church, and we should, we should bless them, and we should encourage them, and we should say how much we're grateful. I mean, I think of all the preachers that I've known through the years of ministry. Some of them are not married to the person they started with. Some of them are, you know, are not married at all. Some of them have been married several times. And uh, we need good examples of Christian marriage. Amen. And, uh, and especially among our leadership, we need it to be that example. So uh, I just want, in this, what I thought we would do is, is that, and I'll just leave this up to you, um, how you want to handle this, but um, let's make everything personally to the Sealies. You know, if, if you feel like it needs to run through the church and that's a, put it in an envelope, you know, and, and, uh, and mark it for that and we'll make sure that gets to them. But I just felt like, you know what, let's just give it to them and uh, be a blessing to them. because it, and, and it's a chance for you to shake their hand, say, hey, proud of you guys. Thank you. And uh, God bless you guys. And have a great week and whatever. And uh, just to be a blessing to them. Amen? Amen. And uh, so thank you for that. We're going to dismiss that way today. And uh, so I'll let you guys do that. Those of you that want to come, go ahead and do that. And the rest of you, let's follow the Lord.